Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? So, so glad you're here this morning. Uh, my name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And again, if you're, if you're a guest with us today, thank you so very much for being with us here in person. Those of you who are online with us, thank you as well. In fact, can, can we give these guys who are online a hand welcome? Thank you guys for being here today. We're so glad you're here. Uh, we're starting a brand new series, as you just heard, on the book of Psalms. It's going to be kind of a summer in the Psalms. And we're just going to kind of reflect on these beautiful words. M- many of these words that we'll read, um, and when you read the Psalms, you'll see this. They're poetic, and sometimes um, because they're using imagery, you don't always know what you're supposed to do with them. And what we want to help do this summer is just sort of uh, make them practical uh, as much as possible. Uh, and and I, I would just encourage you to just read the Psalms. Like if you read a Psalm, Every day of your life, you're just gonna be a better person for it, I promise you. It'll give you strength, it'll give you comfort, it'll give you health. Um, The Psalms are kind of right in the middle of our Bible, and they are a songbook. They were a songbook for the nation of Israel in those times, Um, a collection of melodies that sort of hit every note in life from triumph to tragedy and the peaks uh, when things were were at their, their best, and in the pits, uh, as you often read in the Psalms, when things were down, and then all of the, the in-betweens. Moses is often credited with the authorship of Psalm 91, which we're gonna study today, but so is David. And in fact, one of the, there's a priest that was there that was also credited, maybe it could have been either one of these guys. Uh, both David and, and, and Moses were well-equipped to write this. They had seen God's hand through all the ups and downs of life, they could attest uh, to the faithfulness of God through the many trials that both of them uh, were led through. Th- this psalm was true for David. This psalm was true for Moses, and they had seen God's work. And I just want to jump in, and I just want to say this. This psalm in particular um, is a favorite of mine, and that's why I'm going to, to teach from it. But it will not hit everybody the same way. But I know that there are people in, in every week um, that are going through things in their lives that maybe they haven't told anybody about. There's, there's fear, there's worry, there's, there's um, confusion, there is despair. There's a lot of things that we can come into here, and so if you are in a season where things are great, then that's awesome, thank God for that. However, if you've come into this room and you're not sure what's next, and you're not sure how you're gonna get through, um, I think God's put you here in this room to hear this psalm uh, today, this psalm Uh, Psalm 91, verse 1, here's what the Bible says, whoever dwells in, and by the way, this word whoever just means, it's like whosoever, like whoever makes this decision to dwell in the shelter is going to experience certain things. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest, some translations say will abide in the shadow of of the Almighty. Now, again, beautiful words, but oftentimes we go, well, What's the shelter of the Most High? How do I get there? Can you give me a GPS coordinates? Can I find that right now? Come on, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what what does this mean? I mean, it's awesome, but what does it mean? And and how do I get there? And I kind of want to go there today. I I, I love this word dwell. By the way, this is Psalm 911. And this is the psalm you run to when you're in crisis. This is the psalm you run to when you're uncertain. This psalm has staying power. It's beautiful. Um, 
I, I love this word dwell here. It is, it, it's talking about home. It's talking about habitation. The word has uh, staying power about it. It's not fickle. It's not flighty. Whoever dwells, whoever makes themselves at home in whoever's planted, whoever finds haven in, in God, in the shadow, in the secret place, some translations say, of the Most High. And, and, and isn't it true that when you are going through seasons in life where, where stress is high, maybe there's some anxiety, maybe there's some fear um, about something, maybe you're sad or you're, you're dealing with grief there, isn't it true that you want some place to escape to, right? Many people will escape to food or to drugs or to alcohol or to binging this or that or whatever. Um, but we all look in moments of high stress and crisis, we look for safe places. We look for shelter. Um, and, and, and I love the, the way the older translations say it, that whoever dwells in the secret place, this word gets translated secret place, this place where you run to where the eyes aren't on you. I, I remember as a kid growing up, I was the youngest of four. Um, my brothers were awesome. They are awesome, but they weren't awesome when I was eight. Can I get an amen, somebody? They were not awesome to me when I was eight. They were awesome wherever in their friendship circle, but when you're eight, 10, not awesome. Can I get a witness from somebody who, who is a baby in your household, right? And uh, so in the summer, my parents both worked, and in the summer, it was just me and them. Well, that's a bad combination if you're the baby again, I'm just gonna tell you. And so, like, it would get stressful and it would get, like, persecution. Come on, persecution. The persecution of the believer was happening in that house. And so I would run to my backyard and I would climb up the side fence and we had a, small, a short house, it wasn't very tall, and I could climb right onto the roof from the side uh, fence and I would run to the back of the house where there was, had, was an addition that had been made and there was this big old tree that hung over the edge of the, of the roof and I would lay there in the shadow and it would be my secret place. Uh, I won't talk about the time where one time I came up there and one of my brothers, I won't name him, was growing weed up there in the secret place <laughs> of the Most High. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Mother, there's plants up here growing. Those boys! She knew exactly what kind of plants were happening. We were missionary kids, everybody. Come on, praise Jesus. <laughs> Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't grow weed on the roof of your house. I didn't mean to say all of that. Uh, that wasn't in my notes. I was talking about the secret place where you could run away. And there was weed up there if you needed it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Children, no. I'm saying not to that. no to that. I think this is what the psalmist was going for. Forget all the other parts. Just remember the shadow of the tree. It's, it's not just a means of escape, though. Nine, Psalm 911 is not just a place to run to when you're in crisis. Um, there's permanence there. That's, there's an invitation to permanence. And the truth is, all believers are invited to dwell, to make their home in, to find shelter in a permanent way, but very few do, myself included. Uh, we run in there like it's a fast food, you know, I just need some shelter right now for a minute until we pass through this storm. Right? But the psalmist says that whoever dwells or remains in the habitation of the shelter of God, the secret place of God, and the presence of God, there's safety, there's rest there, continually rest. You get in the shadow of something only if you're close to it, yes or no. 
get in the shadow of things that you remain closer to that are often larger than you. So that's, that's a definition of dwell. I think it's a good one, but I think there's another one um, that we can go with as well. D- dwell can mean another thing. It can mean focusing your attention on something in particular, a, a sticky thought, um, something oftentimes uh, that is causing distress or anxiety or sadness or unhappiness. Like, like we'll say, I gotta, I gotta stop dwelling on this. You ever heard anybody say this? I gotta stop dwelling on this. Or somebody might say to you, bro, bro, you, you just can't dwell on the past. You can't just focus in on you know, just the things that have happened. You gotta move forward. You gotta, you gotta, and, and that's what they mean. You can't just focus in on this one thing that's happened in your life. Dwell. And, and, and so Moses or David or the psalmist, whoever he, he is, isn't saying that the shelter and the shadow of the Almighty are necessarily physical places that you can run to. Like there's no GPS coordinates for them. They are spiritual realities, everybody. They are, they are things that you can know. I want you to lean into that word. You, you can know. They are... They are the truths about God, of who God is, uh, about the attributes of God, about the character of God, about the presence of God, right? Which when you have been in, when you have practiced the presence of God, you have spent time in the quiet, in the stillness, in in the secret place, in the closet of prayer, in your mind, in worship. And when you've done that, and you have found in him, when you found in him the presence of God, the character and the nature of God, there is something about being in God's presence. There is something about dwelling on, reflecting on the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the, the faithfulness of God, the om, omnipresence of God, the omniscience of God. There's something about dwelling in there that becomes shelter, that becomes safety. So I run in my heart, I run in my mind when, when crisis comes, when trouble happens, when chaos happens, I run in my mind to what I know is true about God and I dwell there. I focus my attention there. I make a home in what I know is true about God and who he is and what he can do. There's refuge there. There is solace there in the knowledge of who God is. And, and there's this choice that is implied in verse 1 about where we will dwell or what we will dwell on or who we will dwell in. Like the psalmist is saying, you can dwell in the shelter in the secret place of the Most High or, or you, you can dwell in the strength that you have on your own. You can try to figure all of this out when chaos comes. You can run to the shelter of God and what you know of him or you can run into the shelter of what you know. You, you can dwell on the promises of God or you can dwell on the circumstances uh, around you, meaning you can focus your attention on God's promises. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never, uh, uh, David said, I, I, he's lived a whole long life. He said, I've never seen the righteous out begging for bread, right? He said, I've never seen that. God is always providing. You can dwell on the circumstances or you can dwell on the promises of God. And we get to choose which of those dwellings we're gonna run into, what, what we're gonna focus our mind on what we're gonna dwell on. One will produce, the psalmist says, will produce rest in the shadow of Almighty God. The other will produce fear and anxiety 
and scenario sickness, this, this constant spin cycle of what might happen, what could happen, all the, the what ifs of life. And you and I get to choose when crisis comes, when trouble comes, when fear rises, we get to choose where we're gonna dwell. Does that make sense? Rest in the shadow of the Almighty or fear in the facts as we see them. Peace in the midst of the storm or panic in the midst of the storm, right? Uh, uh, faith on the, the storm-tossed waves, Peter, or, or fear in the face of the wind. We choose that by what we dwell on. And so the psalmist says that he who dwells, he who focuses in on who God is, what God does, what he promises their shelter of the Most High, they'll rest, they'll, they'll abide in the shadow uh, of the Almighty. And, 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 and the question becomes, and this is, the, this is my issue, maybe it's not yours, that when I don't know how something's gonna turn out, then I start to make lists in my mind, my mind, right? Like, okay, if this happens, then this might happen, and then this might happen, and then there's all of these unknowns, right? And, 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 and because it's the unknowns that cause fear to rise in our hearts, yes or no? It's the unknowns, like I don't know what's gonna happen here. I don't know how this health thing is gonna turn out. I don't know how this relationship is gonna go. And so I dwell on what I don't know, the unknowns, and, and fear rises, All right? Are you gonna run into the shelter of the unknowns or are you gonna run into the shelter of the known? So this one thing, uh, that David says, this one thing I know, God is for me. Just a for instance. God is for me. God's not against you. God's not trying to trip you up or, or, or trying to cause your demise. God is for you, the psalmist says. The, the choice, though, is yours or mine. Do I plant myself in the shelter of the Most High where there is safety, where there is rest, or do I do what everybody else is doing? and spin cycle my way through life and what's gonna happen with the economy and what's gonna happen with this thing and how's this gonna go down and how's this gonna affect my life, right? We, we, are, we are to, John 15 says, we are to abide. That's that word. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. John 15 says we are to abide uh, in Jesus, to be connected, to, to live in an unhurried a uh, lingering kind of way where we're slowing down, where we're listening, where we're learning. We carve out space in our days just to hang out with, with, with Jesus. And Jesus says, if you'll abide in me, if you'll dwell in me, if you'll stay connected to me, he says, you're gonna bear much fruit. He says, but apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. You, you can hurry, you can use frenetic energy, you can try apart from me, Apart from dwelling in me, you can do nothing. I'm gonna flourish, however, if I'm abiding, if I'm connected to, if I'm lingering in the presence, in the knowledge of God. And, and I'm gonna grow, and here's the thing about this, is I'm gonna grow because of the storms of life. See, some of you have lived long enough to know that this is true, that you didn't grow to who you are now because of good times. You did not grow in the good times. You might, have, you might have grown a little bit, but the great growth in your life happened in the storm, in the trial, in the trouble, in the, in, the, in the moments where fear could overwhelm, but you didn't allow that. That's where growth happens. The storm isn't gonna weaken my faith. It's gonna strengthen my resolve in who God is, right? Because when I'm tested, when my faith is tried, when my faith is on trial, James, uh, the little brother of Jesus says that because you, look at this, because you what? 
you, you know it's going to come back. You're going to see this again. It always comes back to what you know because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There is a product that is produced by storms and trials and trouble and chaos in our lives that we don't wish upon ourselves, that we don't wish upon anybody, but, but when they come anyways, because they come to all of us, there is something that gets produced inside of us that can be produced in no other way. Uh, way. And, and, and James says if we'll just bear that out, that we'll be complete and mature and not lacking anything. And, and, and this, this is for me, um, I, I'm looking at my parents right now, 81 and 83 years old, going through a major trial in their life. My mother fell and broke her hip uh, the week before last. And they're going through this, this trial and this trauma in their life. And, and I'm watching my mom. I'm watching my dad. These great, for me, these great men and women of God, men and women of God. And this is, this is what I've seen them all the days of my life. I've watched my parents make their habitation run to the shelter of God, run into the presence of God. They put their trust in who God is. They have to put their trust in who God is because sometimes they can't see what God's doing. So when you can't see what God is doing, you run to the other side of the coin, is, is, it's who God is. It's the faithfulness of God. It's the love of God. It's the, it's the, it's the trust of God. That, that, that their faith has become strong. It's not flighty. It's not fickle. Because they made their dwelling in who God says he is and what God says he can do. The God who, come on, somebody who provides. The God who heals. The God who saves. The God who delivers. The God who restores broken things back. The God of peace, right? This, they, they flourished as a result, even through trouble, even through trial. And they have peace that, the Bible says, that passes all understanding, that makes no sense to the people around them. You ever seen people who are going through a hard time, but they have peace, and you're like, I'm more worried about your deal than you are. You should be more worried. Come on. Like, you're worried for them. And they're like, it's, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be okay. It's peace that passes understanding. Whoever dwells, so, so, then, so then it matters, everybody, what I focus on. Please hear this. It matters whose voice gets my attention. Because the world is filled with voices. And it matters who and what and, and how I'm listening. See, because here's the thing. Fear is fed by focus, right? Something happens, we see this thing that's happening, we put our focus on it, fear grows, right? You can focus on what you're facing right now and, and it can spin up fear in you that will overwhelm you, right? But, but here's the truth, fear is fed by focus but so is faith. Faith is fed by focus. When I focus my mind's attention, when I focus my mind's attention, when I focus my heart's affection, right, on who God is and what God says he can do, my faith grows. Like, like you can grow your faith and your fear in the exact same way, focus. Whoever dwells, whatever you dwell on is going to fuel faith or it's gonna fuel fear. My faith grows. We can grow them the same way. What am I gonna dwell on? And, and whom am I going to make my dwelling in? The, the shelter, which is the promises of God. The shelter, which is the unending love of God. That's the shelter that I run into, right? So, so Moses says in the previous psalm, Psalm 90, we know this is a psalm of Moses. 
He says, Lord, you have, say this with me, been our dwelling place. Lord, you have been out, not a place, not not a geographical location. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout, how long? All generations. So he goes and makes it timeless. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You, God, have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. And what's unsaid is here, he says, you are God, and what's unsaid here is, and I am not. You are God, and I, I am not God. Before the mountains were, from beginning to end, from everlasting to everlasting, you will be God, and it's in you, God, that we put our trust. It's in you, God, that we put our hope. It's in you, God, that we focus our mind and our heart's affection on. It's in you, and because we do this, you have been our dwelling place in every season and every trial and every storm throughout generations, Lord, you've been our dwelling place, and you and I need to know this when trouble comes down in our life. We need to know where to dwell. We need to know where to turn to. We need to know what to fix our mind's attention and our heart's affection on but believers need to believe down to their core that they are shadowed by God himself that they are under the care of God almighty or in the words of the apostle Paul Romans 8 28 he says and we here it is again and we what say it with me and we know and we know that in what all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. We need to know, even when things aren't going the way we wish they were, that God is at work in every season and in every trial, and he has been throughout all of the generations of mankind. He's moving pieces of puzzles that we can't even see, but we will see at some point. He's moving things that we can't see, that we don't even know how to understand. But even when all this goes down, even when there's chaos in in the world, and there is, and even when there's chaos in my life, and sometimes there is, that he's still the safe place. I run to him in every season and in every, he's the safe place. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, somebody. All other ground is what? It's sinking sand. Like everywhere else I might run is sinking sand. His word, his truth, he's the cornerstone. Christ is the cornerstone. He's where I run to when all other ground is sinking around me. God is at work in all of the things that are happening. Psalm 91, verse two, that was just verse one. I promise not every verse is gonna take this long, all right? Come on, because you're like, dear God, man, he's got a long way to go. (laughs) The psalmist says, I will say, I will say of the Lord. Matter of fact, can we read this together, everybody out loud? I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I trust. I will say of the Lord. Do you know what the psalmist is doing here? He is rehearsing out loud what he knows is to be true about God based on his own circumstances in in his own past. He's maybe having, even in this moment, he's maybe having to talk himself 
into this kind of faith. I will say of the Lord that he is like, maybe he doesn't actually feel that way right now. Maybe his emotions are telling him the complete opposite. And so he's overriding his fear with faith declarations. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I trust. Can I tell you something about this? There is a reason why Romans 10 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, there's something that happens when we speak out loud faith declarations. Years ago, we read a book here at our church and we did a sermon series based on this book called Sun Stand Still by Pastor Stephen Furtick. And it was, I, I gotta tell you, during that season in our church, very young church, very, we weren't very big. Come on, somebody. Um, but but we, were, we, would, we were saying these things and in the book there was these 12 faith declarations which most of us went through that series and they forgot about it I didn't forget those 12 I put those down in my Bible and when I open my Bible they're there and and let me tell you what's happened in my own life as I've gone through seasons I I don't know how your relationship is with Jesus but mine kind of goes up and down too much too much truth right meaning there are some times where I'm on the mountain and I'm like bring it on like devil like I'm like like you don't talk to the devil but when you're fired up you're like come on you know like I got you brah you don't really but Jesus does come on somebody right but then there are other times where I'm like please don't even let a butterfly of death come at me right because I can't hang can't handle one more thing is that real talk yes or no do you have times and I don't not one more thing please And it's in those moments where I'm down or where I'm disoriented or I don't really know what we're supposed to do next that I go to my faith declarations. And I want to just read a couple of them to you that that something happens to me as I'm saying I will say of the Lord and I declare things about him. Something happens in my spirit. I don't know how to tell you. I can't prove it by science. Something happens to me. So so I'm going to give you a couple of these. Um, Because of Jesus... I am fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. Not because of Danny, not because of what I've done, but because of Jesus. And then I have these verses that I turn to, and these are these verses that that are associated with this word. I am fully forgiven, because there are some times where shame or condemnation, the voice of the chatterbox of the enemy wants to come in, and I will have to remind the enemy, and I will have to remind myself, no, 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 I am fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. Here's another one. Because God is uh, Jehovah Shalom or Yahweh Shalom or, or, or God of peace, I have no fear or anxiety. Never mind that in those moments I might actually have some fear and anxiety, but that's why they're faith declarations. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Unseen. I don't see it yet, but I believe that God is coming. I believe that by my faith that he's going to, I have no fear or anxiety. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. And then I go and I read these, the, the next one please, right? Because, because uh, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, David says on the Psalms, um, by God himself, I have no insecurity because I see myself the way God sees me. Well, you see that if you're walking around and you start praying that because you feel insecure, you feel like you don't know who you are, you feel like you're losing your identity. Listen, I have no fear or insecurity. The, the, the next one, God is Jehovah Rapha or the God who heals, right? So I am completely whole, right? Physically, mentally, and emotionally. By his stripes, we are 
are healed, everybody, right? So I just read these Psalms. By the way, we're coming to Psalm 103 in a couple of weeks here. It's, oh, it's so, so good. Read that one right there. But I'm completely whole. Like I know I have kidney disease, everybody. I know I do, but I declare healing over my life all of the time, all the time. Like I know I do, but by faith, God's gonna heal me. God's gonna bring me through, and he has. I'm way past the time. The ec- my kidneys have expired, but they're still working somehow, God. God's, God's able. I don't know how it's working. The doctor doesn't know how it's working. It's still working. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, I'm getting a little preachy, so sorry. Let me back it down a little bit, right? Because God is my shield, and he has his angels watching over me. I am protected from all harm and evil in Jesus' name. My children are protected. Come on, somebody. My family is protected from all harm and evil in Jesus' name. And, and listen to me. As I've walked around my office, hoping nobody's hearing me, thinking I'm nuts, I'm, I'm declaring stuff just like this. I'm saying, I will say of the Lord that he is my fortress, my strong tower, my God in whom I trust. I know what's happening around me. I'm not blind. I'm not denying what what's happening around me. I'm defying what's happening around me by declaring the greatness of my God. Does that make sense, everybody? I will say of the Lord, I will declare with my mouth that God is my shelter, that he's my shadow. Listen, I don't know where you're running to for shelter right now, to escape, and I know a lot of things that you can run to, and I've run to them myself, but every single one of them are gonna leave you feeling safe and and, and vulnerable. Only Only in God do I find strength. God is my shelter. He is my refuge. He is my provider. He is my fortress. He is my God. And the psalmist is just pressing himself and by extension us back into the reality that our safety doesn't come from my circumstances or from my skill. It comes from who you know God is and you keep dwelling there. You keep making your dwelling there. You keep focusing your heart and your mind on that reality. Verse two, again, he's not just God the psalmist says he's my God, right? It's personal. We've been invited into a personal relationship with God. He's just not the God of, of Moses or, or Mary or David or Paul. He's the God of Danny. Come on, he's the God of Charmaine. Come on, he's the God of, of Rachel. Come on, he's the God of, of every one of you and you call him, he's my God. I, I, I know him and I am, more importantly, I am known by him. He's my God in whom I trust. Do you trust him or not? If you do, you run in there. Verse three, surely he will save or deliver you from the fowler snare. That's just a bird snare that they would use to catch certain kinds of birds. And from the deadly pestilence, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. And then this line, his faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Now, if you read verses three through 13, you could think, based on what you read, that that this is a promise that you will never go through hard things because you've trusted in God. But what the psalmist wants you to take comfort in is not that God will always and inevitably spare you from all of the hard hard things in life, because he won't, or that he will always immediately get you out of the circumstances of your life. Sometimes he does. But that's not the ultimate reason why the psalmist wants you to feel safe and secure. The the ultimate reason he wants you to feel safe and secure is because God's provision and God's protection is, it's both comprehensive, just meaning that he sees the big picture. He sees exactly from beginning to end, he knows how your life is gonna turn out. Every detail, every turn, every twist, every bump, every, every high place, every low place, he, he sees it all. He sees it comprehensively, but he also sees it 
in, in a granular way, meaning the little things that you're afraid of at night, the little things that you're worried about right now that might not seem like a big deal in the whole scope of the world, but right now they're troubling you. Maybe it's a test that you're facing. Maybe it's a doctor's visit. Maybe it's just a little thing of, hey, there's this bill coming. I don't know exactly what we're gonna do with that bill when it comes. He sees the big picture of life, but he sees the small details of, of life so that not even a hair on your head can be touched apart from the sovereign will, a sovereign will of your heavenly father. He knows the big picture, but he sees the small things. The, the idea then is that he will either deliver us or he will cover us, meaning he will deliver us from, like we will never experience the, the snallers, the, the snaller, the fowler's snare, come on, you try to say that fast real quick, right? <laughs> he won't even let the thing that happen to us or maybe it does happen to us and he will cover us while we're there. So he may, be, he may do one, he may do the other, he may do both. Some really bad things happen in life, yes or no? David says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23, I will fear no evil because you are with me, covering me. It's not that I'm not walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I am, but even there, he's, he's with me. And whatever the case, all of this is hinging on the faithfulness of God. That's what he says. The faithfulness of God will be your shield. Think Captain America. Come on, somebody, I wanna make it relevant. Your rampart. Come on, think Wakanda, the force field around Wakanda. Come on, somebody, right? Right? His faithfulness. One, one of the great attributes of God that we find in Hebrews that should be so comforting to us is that God cannot lie. That's what the Bible says. He cannot lie. He cannot fail. Here's another truth. He never goes back on his word. No matter how inconvenient, how, how costly He's never failed to honor a single commitment, not, not one. God has never forgotten the tiniest promise that he's made throughout generations. God has never broken a single vow. God is unswervingly faithful, even though people he commits himself to are often unfaithful, yes or no. So here's the truth. So God is utterly faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises, and he is faithful to his people. He cannot and he will not break faith with his people and we run into this knowledge and it becomes a shelter and it becomes a shield and it becomes a rampart. The angel of the Lord says to Mary in Luke 1, for no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God will ever fail. And that becomes the shield that we defend ourselves against the lies of the enemy. God has failed you. God will fail you. Look at you. You're never gonna come through. That, that becomes the shield. That becomes the rampart. He is faithful. Some of you will remember that old great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Do you remember this? Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. This psalm, this, this song comes from the book of Lamentations. By the way, if you ever read the book of Lamentations, you're not gonna go away cheerful and happy. It's called Lamentations because the guy is lamenting every bad thing that's ever happened to him. In Lamentations 3, this is where the, this song comes from. Verses one through 20, it's kind of shocking what he's saying to God, about God, right? He, he's, 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 he's pouring it out. He's pouring it out, all this stuff. It's just brutal. He's dwelling in his circumstances. He's dwelling in all the bad things that are happening around him. And, 
and all of the unknowns and, and how everything will turn out. But then suddenly he remembers what he knows about God. After pouring out all of his anger and his sorrow and his shock, he goes running to what he dwells in and he says, yet this, if you read those first 20 verses, you would know what a startling turn this is. Yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, even though it feels sometimes like we're gonna be. For his compassions never fail. They are new. His mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. All he can say in response to what he calls to mind, everybody, he calls this to mind. And all he can do in response to what he calls to mind is, oh yeah, great is your faithfulness. We're not consumed because of the great love of God. His mercies, his compassions, they never fail and they're made brand new every single morning, every morning. Whatever pain you're in, whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is that you're going through right now, however big or however small it may seem, whatever anxiety is happening inside of you, God's steadfast love over you and for you will never end. And his promises will never fail. And no word from God will ever fail. And every single day, every single day, day, no matter what is happening around you, his compassions, his mercies, they will not fail you, and they are made brand new every single morning. This too shall pass because of the faithfulness of God. Great is thy faithfulness. I can't read the whole thing. Even though I kind of want to, I won't. You're welcome. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, just read it, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, verse nine, the Lord is my refuge. Now notice the, the word if. It's conditional. If, if you say, if you declare with your mouth, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, what you dwell on, what you dwell in. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Verse 11, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Come on. They will lift you up. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Verse 14, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation, because great is your faithfulness, oh God. The band's gonna sing one more song. They're gonna come up. I wanna pray over you while they do. Father, in the name of Jesus, for the many men and women here in this room, online, at home, watching, listening to this, maybe later on, who are doing great right now, thanks be to God, who daily loads us with benefits. Thank you, God, for that. But to the many men and women and, and students and children even, 
who don't feel safe or secure or who don't know what's gonna happen, who, who, are, who are dealing with that sort of scenario sickness, that spin cycle of, of the unknowns that we can spin around in our hearts and minds. I pray that they would run into the shelter of the, of the Most High God, into the promises of God, into the great love of God, into the truth of who you are. I, I pray that they would go digging through the scriptures for the promises of God. I, I pray they would go look up this week, they would even just Google the characteristics and the attributes of God. That they would find solace, they would find comfort, they would find strength. God, not in their circumstances, but in who you are and in whose they are. Son of God, daughter of God, child of God, beloved by God, cared for God by God, provided by God, the God of peace giving them the peace of God. Let it come near to them, God. Let it, let, let it come and, and may they dwell there. May, may they run to, to your faithfulness to be their shield, to be their rampart. I pray protection and strength and goodness and help. And I pray that your word would not return void, but that it would go and it would bear fruit in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hey, would you stand as they lead us in this last song? Sing it out, would you? Hey, by the way, we have these knee pads across the front. Our prayer partners are gonna come out. If you wanna receive prayer, you wanna be prayed for, you can come down here. No pressure, but it's here if you want to. God bless you guys. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.